0: Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn so that in today's accelerated world we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, Learning Specialist Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. How can university and high school educators design projects for their students that combine active learning, group work, research, and have an impact beyond the classroom walls? In this episode, I speak to a professor who has designed a fantastic project for her students. It not only provides a multifaceted learning experience, but it also has real-world implications. Dr. Heidi Twork is our Canadian Research Chair and Associate Professor at the University of British Columbia, jointly appointed to the School of Public Policy and Global Affairs and History. She is an award-winning researcher of media, communications, health, platform governance, and international organizations. Her work examines the history and policy around media, hate speech, health communications, international organizations, and platform governance. Heidi writes extensively for academic and public audiences, including her prize-winning book, titled News from Germany, the Competition to Control World Communications from 1900 to 1945. And her research has been featured in the New York Times, Financial Times, CNN, CBC, and many others. Thank you very much, Heidi, for joining me on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to have you and to talk about a really interesting method that you use in your teaching, teaching at university, but I think this can certainly be used in other levels and other formats as well, which is that you use Wikipedia as an assignment for your students. So of course, we're all familiar with Wikipedia and you use this as an assignment in your international history in 20th century course, which is for third and fourth years at the University of British Columbia. would just like you to explain a little bit about what is this assignment and why did you choose Wikipedia?
1: Yeah. So the basic premise of this assignment is that when you go through a course on international history, um, most of the students, let us be honest, they are looking stuff up on Wikipedia as I am lecturing or discussing with them anyway. And one of the things they swiftly discover is that some of the people, places, events I'm talking about don't necessarily have Wikipedia pages, actually, that the many of the people from the global south, women, etc., are not necessarily represented. And so this assignment really gives students the chance to do something about that. the, The premise is very simple. Students will write a Wikipedia page about a person, event, place, or organization that doesn't already have a Wikipedia page or that has a stub, meaning that it's just one or two sentences. And so the students work initially to figure out, well, what is the page that they're going to write? We then get them into groups. So it's not an individual assignment, they they do it together. They then figure out, well, what is the literature that they need to write this assignment? They write it, they peer review it, and then it gets published. And then they write individual self-reflections on this entire assignment process. The thing that that underpins it it all as well is that Wikipedia itself is actually very invested in getting students involved. And so they have created something called the Wikipedia Education Dashboard. And what that does is it has really fantastic, small five, 10 minute tutorials for students about the basics of Wikipedia. How do you upload to a page? What does it mean to write neutrally? How do you write a biography? How do you write history? How do you write for women's studies? And so, what's really great for me is that I've been exceptional to this Wikipedia education dashboard. So, I can give students all of these sorts of small tutorials. So they learn how to write their page. And then, what's very cool is that once the pages are finished and published, they go up very quickly, they're reviewed quickly by Wikipedia editors. And then, I can see how many article views those articles have and so I can really tell the students listen uh, this is how many times your article that you have written has been viewed so it gives students this real sense of I've identified a person an event an organization or a place that that didn't have representation on Wikipedia which is you know the by far and away the most popular encyclopedia I've made that happen, and now I can see how many people are looking at it. And it is extraordinarily rare at university to do an assignment that's seen by anyone more than maybe a couple of fellow students and your professor. And and we have articles that are viewed tens of thousands of times. I mean, it's extraordinary reach.
0: Wow. What an impact to have from your university assignment. That is incredible. There's so much to dig into here and to see how you actually do this type of assignment. But before that, can you share some of the reactions that the students have? What impact does this have on them?
1: Yeah, so what's great about getting them at the end to write these individual self-reflections, which only I as the professor or my teaching assistant see, is that, that they really trace their journey. So a lot of them begin with trepidation. Do I have to learn how to code? How am I going to find a subject? isn't everything already covered on Wikipedia? So that's the kind of
0: initial right. fears. Yes.
1: Um, but by the end, and I'd also fears about group work, which is another class, you know, will I get on with my group? Will everybody invest in it? Will I be left in the lurch? That kind of stuff. And then what you see by the end is real excitement generally about their groups. So we we match the groups. We get students to suggest pages they think that they might like to write on individually. And then we look at which ones are feasible and we try to match people into general areas of interest. And the students, we get them to comment on each other, say what interests them, we try to put them together. And so the students at the end say like, oh, you know, I was so pleasantly surprised by how much effort and investment people had in my group in this page, I wasn't left in the lurch. Other reactions include, I realized how much stuff is not on Wikipedia and how much I could continue to contribute because I could only do one page and I had like 17 ideas. Others have said, I learned what an argument is by not being allowed to have one because I had to write in a neutral fashion for Wikipedia. And then for other students, they said it it taught them things like how easy it is actually to edit on Wikipedia, that they had built up in their head, this sense that there was gonna be a real barrier. They could never possibly learn how to do it without taking computer science. This course had pushed them to do it, and now they understood it was actually much simpler than, than they had at first believed.
0: Isn't that an incredible lesson, though, in general, because so many of the big projects that people take on, uh, so many people don't take them on because of that exact same feeling of, can I really contribute anything? Could I even do this? This seems far too large, far too overwhelming. Uh, so what an incredible learning experience in in so many ways but also in terms of that confidence of realizing that there's steps you can take to do something that you really never thought possible before and people are interested.
1: Yeah and I think your point about steps is such a great one because what I really try to do over these nine weeks is almost every week there's some kind of mini assignment that is building towards the final Wikipedia page because Before embarking on this entire assignment, I I did a lot of research into the pedagogical literature on things like, for example, how do you ensure that group work actually functions? I didn't want students to embark on this and then have a terrible time because their group was unreliable in some way. And there are obviously multiple features that that make group work function, um, but one is that you need to give that group psychological safety to be able to work together. And one way you do that is also by giving them enough time and a sense that they can complete things. And so this is where I developed the idea of every week we'll have some sort of mini assignment that takes them on this journey towards writing this page. And then I can say to the students, listen, this timetable is here for you. And I promise you by the end of this nine weeks, you'll have done a bite of a little chunk every single week. I will also give you time and lecture so that it's not all you organizing your group Outside of lecture, when people are busy. And that's how we'll get towards the end. And I've really seen how important that is over the course of doing this multiple times. That my role as the sort of leader of all these groups is to create that time and psychological safety, that knowledge that they have enough time and that someone is guiding you through all those steps. And that's also how you get people to become invested as well and and so i think that was part of the real key was not just having this wikipedia education dashboard but but embedding within this a real understanding of the literature on how groups actually function i would say you know we have between 20 25 ish groups every year and maybe one group will have a problem Hmm. but it's actually surprisingly rare and every year my teaching assistants this is their biggest worry and then i explain to them how we try to forestall those problems And it's actually very striking how few problems there are if you set up this kind of structure, which I think is is a lesson for broader workplace group projects.
0: Mm, Absolutely. And so important that there is that psychological safety and that guidance. So you outline for them what is going to be happening every week, what their assignment is, how you're going to support them so that it's not just this abyss of, oh, my goodness, I'm going to write something for Wikipedia for millions of people to read and you break it down into steps that they can see as a roadmap from the very beginning.
1: Yes, exactly. So it basically has a few phases. The first phase is obviously we have to figure out what on earth are you going to be writing this page on? So that phase I say to them, this is the brainstorm phase. It doesn't matter if your idea is wild. We don't know if any of these ideas will work, but that's not what's important. What's important is we need to get out a bunch of ideas and then we're going to throw them all at the wall and we're going to see which ones stick. So I get every student has to suggest three possible pages and then they comment on other students' pages and and we see which ones start to garner some popularity. Then we look through, we comprise these groups of people who have somewhat similar interests and then we suggest three or four we think are feasible. Then we spend an entire 50, minutes in a tutorial with basically a a worksheet that I have devised where the students really go through and they look and see, well, is there the secondary literature to do this? Because the key to Wikipedia is you have to use secondary literature. You can't use primary sources or archival sources. There has to be secondary literature out there. So we really push the students to go through and see, okay, is there actually enough stuff out there? So sometimes what they learn from this assignment is also, this is an amazing idea. What an incredible human being but there's no secondary literature about this person. Wow, like somebody needs to go out and write this history because there's all this amazing archival stuff that's been digitized, but no one's written this book. So that's also a, a learning lesson, but that's, that's the first phase is we really guide them through identifying what they're going to write about, but we also take away the stress at the beginning by saying, hey, your group is gonna have 20 ideas, you're gonna do one. And that's the expectation, right? Most of these ideas won't work out, we don't care, um, which I think helps them, takes away some of the stress. So that's like phase one. Then phase two is, all right, you've got to really figure out this secondary list. you've got to do that reading, you've got to get your bibliography together, then we're going to look at it. And because there are groups, we have enough time to delve into and see if there are other literature these people should be looking at. And one of the fantastic things about having a very, very diverse set of international students is they're often then bringing their other skills, particularly their linguistic skills, to the table. So sometimes people who, for example, may not have very strong English language writing, They're bringing the skill of reading something in another language and translating to the rest of the group. So you can really build a group dynamic at this phase. And then you have the implementation of, right, we're writing this Wikipedia entry now. And then we build into that a peer review phase. So we force people to have a draft basically a week before the page is due then you get to look at some other people's pages you see what have they done well what are they missing and then we give them time in class to then talk with their group about what do we still need to implement and then you have a week to implement that and the final thing um, that we do as well is about midway through i one of the mini assignments is you have to talk about the division of labor in your group so you have to lay out for us and we have to see who is doing what. And then if we see a division of labor that's extremely fluffy, everybody doing everything, we can contact that group and and intervene a month before it becomes a problem. And so that's part of, you can see there's a a deliberate design here of how we make sure that there's multiple moments where we can catch a problem. If you don't have an entry by week three, we catch that problem in week three, not in week seven. Your group doesn't have a good division of labor. We call that by week five, not by week eight. Your draft is problematic we catch it a week before not when you hand it in and and every time that I do this assignment we always see a little tweak that you can make some other part that you can add some way to help students so for example this year what I realized is you know Wikipedia produces a rubric but one thing it doesn't produce that, that I need to is really telling students what's the apparatus at the end of this Wikipedia page that you need. I tell them in lecture, but some of them forget, right? They forget to put something like external links. And so I just need to add that. So every year we see, and this also comes out through the self-reflections, what do we still need to add to, to make this even more effective for students?
0: In addition to all the learning about the subject, learning about writing for a public domain, I mean, they're also learning about project management. I mean, assigning tasks for each member of their team and making sure that They're breaking down their work and they're clear in the assignment of tasks. I mean, that is phenomenal project management skills that that they're bringing to the table, which is really, really good.
1: And I think something that we don't see enough in university assignments. So I really try in designing assignments. I've, I've come now having done this for a while. I've come to a few principles. One is that I try not to assign things that I don't enjoy grading. Because if I don't enjoy grading it, what is the chance that the student is actually really invested in doing it? I love grading these Wikipedia science. It's absolutely unbelievable what students come up with. So, you know, off the top of my head, this year we had trench rats in World War I. Fantastic. Okay. Why? on earth wasn't there an entry on that. <laughs> Why not? Um, we had uh, a female delegate to the conference that um, designed the United Nations Charter. Um, nuclear power in Kazakhstan right like these are incredibly diverse things that they're coming up with and I love grading it so that's you know principle one and principle two is um, what are some of the skills that you really need in the working world and life in general that often university assignments don't give you and one of those is exactly project management and group work and there are reasons why we don't do that because students get antsy about the fact they all get the same grade etc and so you have to think about how to navigate that and talk about that with students But the other thing you can talk about is, listen, when you go to a job interview, they are going to want to know if you can work in a team. And whether this goes well for you or badly, you will have a real-world experience to talk about. And because your Wikipedia entry is online, you can even show them what you did. And so this is part of why we're doing this, especially in a course where people in their third and fourth years, they're thinking about going into a working environment, what they will do next. And, And then I can really show them this thing matters. Just to you on, on these dual levels. There's, there's the content, there's the skills, but then there's these longer term skills as well. And, and I, I think that for many students, they, they then get pretty excited about the idea that an assignment for a history class can somehow help them in
0: the working world. Absolutely. I mean, so many workplaces are definitely asking for examples of your work and examples of it being put into the public domain. And this is just a a brilliant way of doing that. But I just wanted to come back to the group work aspect of it. Uh, You mentioned a little bit about how you prepare them to work together. What are some of the key things that you tell your students on how to work together as a group and and important ways that you structure these groups to be successful.
1: Yeah, so one of the the things that that helps with this is that this is actually a year long course. So this year, for the first time, I only taught the second half. But but every previous year, I've actually taught as a year long course. And so we've already had a semester of working together. So I get a little bit of a sense of students' strengths and weaknesses, their interests and so on, and, and so do the teaching assistants. And so this year, the teaching assistants were the same all year, and I was the only one who was new. So I could rely on them as well to say, OK, we actually already know the students quite well. Mm-hmm. So what you can try and do then when you're matching students is you've got what are their interests, but also what are their strengths and how can we put groups together? So there's a little bit of, of alchemy and really trying to spend some some time on that. And then the other thing about it is what's the optimal size of a group? Mm. and that's always tricky because if you make a group that's too big it disintegrates and so we found four or five is optimal any bigger than that it it becomes unwieldy but just three if someone's not 100% pulling their weight that also becomes very tricky so we've, we've settled on this sort of four or five people and then the other thing that we try to do is to really be quite clear on when we say something like ah, come up with a division of labor to give some really specific examples of what that looks like. Mm. So in the case of Wikipedia, what I almost always advise students is, listen, have one person whose main job is being the technical upload person. So it's not that you need to know how to code, but you do need to give yourself all those tutorials. You're going to have to link to other pages. You're going to have to insert a photo, et cetera, et cetera. And you're going to have to do that right at the end. And so you're going to spend a lot of time in that last week uploading things. You're going to spend just as much time as anyone else. It's just all going to be concentrated in that final week. And so you want to pick someone who has time in that final week, doesn't have other assignments due then, maybe has a lot of stuff going on in the initial five, six, seven weeks of this assignment. And so that's one example where I say, okay, here's how you could do that division of labor. Or do you have somebody who's going to be translating? Well, that's going to be their main job. And maybe someone else is a really great writer. Their main job is the, the writing and editing. So we try to give them some templates of how you can divide up the group work so that you really build on everybody's strengths and you don't end up with a group where everybody's doing everything. And so it all disintegrates a little bit. Um, and then what we find is that in the groups where they don't do that, what well, they'll almost always, always say in the self-reflection at the end is, you know, it didn't sound like it was being written with one voice. We should have had one person who was an editor. I was like, yes, indeed, you should. <laughs> but oh, that's important. okay, right? That's the experience they had to go through. Yes. And the entries were still absolutely fine. But really having that experience was much better, even though I advised them, maybe you want to do a different division of labor, but they needed to just go through it to see that, actually, that was probably the best approach.
0: That's great. I mean, you walk them through basically the job description for the different roles that are necessary to achieve this entire project. And that really does help for people to be able to think through it and think deeply about, right, well, this job actually is concentrated at the end. So it's not a great idea if we choose someone who might be good at it, but they have other commitments at that time of the year. Really important that you not only prepare and say that there has to be a division of labor, but you really do walk through it and talk through the logistics and also the, the rationale for why you would do it a certain way, uh, which is, I think, extremely important as a teacher. One of the main things that comes up with group work in learning organizations is really the grades and how do you grade group work. Is there something specific that you do to alleviate both the university, but also the students' anxiety over group work?
1: Yes, this is indeed one of the anxieties that is expressed in advance because we say the entire group gets the same grade. Mm -hmm. And of course, this is only one of many things that students do during this course, right? So um, it's going to be a certain percentage of their grade, but much more of it will be the final exam and your participation and so part of why we have the self-reflection is that's one part that's then just you Mm -hmm. and what we also say is in the self-reflection if you want to tell us something that didn't work with group work or if you want to shout out somebody who did an amazing job in your group here are some spaces for you to do that that only we will see so sometimes we've seen students also very generously say you know x was really just went above and beyond in this group. And so we can then give somebody more participation grades, we can reflect that in other places. So it's a careful balance of making sure that this is an important enough part of students' grades that they want to spend time on it, but not so much that it feels unfair somehow. And I will say that we've never had someone, as far as I can tell, we've never had someone complain about their grade, in part because we have all of these safety mechanisms all the way through this assignment to ensure that if there's a problem with the group, we know well before that final grade. And we have in general seen that the, I would say that as I've tried to implement more and more of these tweaks, the quality of the assignments has gone up. And that's, you know, the, the students themselves are generally sort of a fairly similar pool, but it shows that actually the way that I am organizing the assignment is what's helping them towards success and their kind of emotional investment. It so we we generally haven't had complaints, but it, it is important to talk about it and to say why we go down this route. And I explain also that it's because in many instances in other worlds, including in academia, which can be very individualistic, but sometimes we also work in groups, uh, you are going to be graded on what comes out at the end. And if there are problems with group work, you know, the good thing about doing it in a class is you have me to come to and to figure Mm -hmm. that out. Whereas that's not necessarily going to be the case in some other environments, you might not have someone you feel comfortable talking to about that. So this gives you a chance to work through these things in a really comparatively low stakes environment. And because we have so many safeguards along the way, it really helps to avoid the problem of a group just falling apart because we would notice long in advance because the quality of what they'd be submitting in those mini assignments would be so poor that there'll be a lot of red flags going on. Yeah,
0: that's incredible because exactly, you have so many safeguards along the way, but this is such an important learning experience for students to have because one of the main questions people ask when they interview you in the in the workplace what kind of a team player are you how do you work with difficult co-workers at the end of the day you all get pretty much the same grade you know the project either works or doesn't work often but um You have to know how to work together and bring everyone along in a cohesive way. So that's a phenomenal experience. And this aspect of the reflection, so you said at the end everyone has to write a piece reflecting on their experience and their learning. Now I'm a huge fan of reflection because it's such an important way to retain learning both at school but also in the workplace such an important aspect that should be built into learning experiences for people to reflect on it. So can you talk me through a little bit about what this exercise looks like?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's one where we give the students a lot of free reign. We say, just, just write us 250 words so it doesn't have to be super long. Just, just 250 words reflecting on your experience of writing this Wikipedia entry say it can be about the group work it can be about whatever you want because we want to leave it open because different people are going to have learned different things from this and so we see such an interesting variety of what people write so some people reflect on um how actually they they got so invested in this assignment and it didn't feel like an assignment because they were so invested right like what did it mean to not just be doing something for a grade so that's that's one's a very interesting reflection others will be about um, how they've understood the, the biases of Wikipedia, what it does and doesn't cover through this really visceral experience of figuring out what isn't there, so that it's taught them about Wikipedia. And, and others have reflection on how it sort of flipped the script for them because they've been told at school, like, don't use Wikipedia, it's not reliable. But by doing this assignment, what we have done is said, listen, this is something people are using, <laughs> they're using all the time. So, how does and doesn't it work? And let's really unpack that and that they appreciated taking head on something that they actually use a lot even though they were told not to and now they've got a real understanding of what is on there what isn't why might that be and that felt like very useful knowledge to them mm-hmm. um, and then of course some students reflect on things like what did it mean to work in a group so it's, it's a huge variety of, of different things that they bring to the table but almost always it's a surprise at how enjoyable they found this how mm-hmm. much they learned uh, from it and how it was a challenge but not as scary as they thought it was going to be at the beginning of this nine-week process
0: that's fantastic that is really good and so when they're reflecting on their learning what are the learning outcomes that you want to have for this exercise I mean there's such a wealth of different types of learning but what are the key ones that you're really looking for
1: yeah. So um, there's there's a range of them. Some of them are, are content-based. So this is a course about international history. And one of the things we often talk about is um, who is inclusion narrative of international history? What are the themes that are included? How do we move beyond the sort of great male war and peace stuff, which is obviously still important, but there are a lot of other people who we can uh, talk about and places. And so this helps them to, re- to reflect on that. You know, Who is who is written into international history, who is maybe not represented. So that's one sort of big learning outcome that is also constant with a lot of things we talk about in the course as well. But I want them to practice writing and practice clear writing and, and writing for a general audience about sometimes quite complex historical topics really pushes them towards that and it it ups the stakes right because you really want to make sure people know what you're talking about because you've chosen to spend nine weeks on you know nuclear power in Kazakhstan so you really want people to understand it in different ways then there's obviously out the the sort of process-based group work outcome as well and then I think for for me it's also just Getting them to feel confident about contributing beyond the classroom in some way, and that this is only one way that, that they might be doing that in the future, but I think it's a really important one because a lot of these students are bringing to the table their own diverse knowledge and experiences, and now they understand how they could contribute that to Wikipedia. And it might not be English language Wikipedia, right? It could be one of the the many others, and so that's that's a little bit of the goal as well, is, is seeing if. At least some of those students, and and I know some of them will say this to me, like, I I already went on Wikipedia and I saw something that was wrong and I just corrected it, bing, fantastic. And they wouldn't have done that before this assignment. So if even 5% of students are are doing that afterwards, that's a continual contribution to to global knowledge.
0: Absolutely. And also we talk in in the learning sphere often about making learning relevant, making it something that is useful and making it relevant to the students' lives. And how much more relevant can it possibly be than to actually be contributing to knowledge that other people are looking for and, and reading? So that must be an incredibly engaging way of, of learning. Yeah, and what's neat about it, the final thing I would say is that what's great
1: about working through Wikipedia education dashboard is that um, your your articles are reviewed very quickly and posted so that we finish this assignment. It's week nine or week 10. And immediately, even the next week, I can already tell the students how many people have been looking at their articles. So I just looked up before this, this podcast. Um, so we had our latest iteration, which finished now, I think it was three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago. So of 104 students, they added 123,000 words to Wikipedia, which is basically an entire Book, right? It's a huge amount of words. And their articles have in three, four weeks received over 200,000 views. So it's, it's a huge, huge impact and I can show the students that immediately. And so even before the end of the course, they have this really sort of positive reinforcement like, wow, this thing that I did, it contributed something. And I will say I, I've learned from the students that there's a rumor that we do this in this course. So the assignment has developed its own sort of rumor life, which is which is also great because it, it means that then some of the students who are interested in this more public facing work know there's a course that, that can do that for them. And, and that's so really helpful.
0: Really, really good. It, it's so satisfying to see that your your project at school has had an impact and people are using it, which is a nice feeling to have. Tell me a little bit about the Wikipedia education dashboard for someone who, who isn't aware of it. What is it and how can educators access it?
1: Yeah. So basically the, the Wikipedia education dashboard is something that you have to apply to, so you have to have a course that they think will work for this. So, so generally, the it tops out at around 100 students because they find that the more than that, it becomes hard to administer and adjudicate. So you, you apply to the Wikipedia Education Dashboard, then you can be put into it, you get your own course code, and then you can set up your timeline of when does this assignment start, when is it going to end? You can assign the tutorials to be done by students at different weeks and then your articles are basically submitted through that dashboard. And and there's all sorts of ways in which uh, people who work for Wikipedia then provide you with further support. So if I have a question, there are two people who are assigned to our our course. We can send them an email. We can ask if we have questions. The the dashboard itself is generally very, very self-explanatory, but occasionally you'll have a question. And then we have direct people that we can go to. And they they do huge numbers of, of courses every year and, and in a wide variety of subjects. So there'll be things like medicine as well, right? People correcting scientific articles, and um, often improving upon them. In our case, we like to create from scratch because I think it gives students a huge amount of creativity. But the dashboard leaves you open to doing whichever one of those you want. And the good thing about it, especially if you are editing any kind of existing article, is that you will then see what your students have edited. Because otherwise, if you just go into normal Wikipedia, there's a whole host of things that can be quite complicated because you might find that suddenly editors are changing something the minute that you upload it. How do you prove to your professor what you have done? Um, maybe you need to go through some, some more steps to actually have your edits accepted, particularly if it's a more controversial topic. And so the education dashboard really tries to be geared towards what is it that educators need in order to use Wikipedia? And that's part of why you need to have an application process because there would just be too many courses to deal with or maybe courses where it's not quite appropriate to be doing this assignment at this stage.
0: What a fantastic resource for educators. So hopefully people uh, finding out about it will will take a look and try to see if it's it would suit their courses and their teaching. One of the things that I really want to ask you a little bit about is this whole aspect of public-private. So these are students who don't expect to put something, knowledge out there that can be criticized, can be, uh, you know, fact-checked, and hopefully they have done their homework well, but also it is out in the public domain. So how do you prepare your students for that balance?
1: Yeah, so there's, there's a couple of elements to this. One is that um, for Wikipedia, because you're uploading as, as a group and you can have whatever username you want, there isn't really public information about you, right? You mm-hmm. don't sign your names at right. the bottom of your Wikipedia page on uh, Iris Carpenter or Isabel de Vidal or whoever it is. So I think that's one of the things that I like about it because one of the dangers of working with students and then they're putting up work with their own name is you know, what if in five, 10 years time they look back and say, that's maybe not something that I wish was online anymore. Or, you know, in, in the worst cases leads to some sort of abuse. And, and that would be, you know, something that that I would <laughs> I would really not like to be a part of. And so that's one of Things I think is, is good about working with Wikipedia is that um, while you are uploading things towards the public, um, your own private identity is something that you can keep private. So that's one aspect in terms of protecting students. And then the other aspect of it is that the one thing that we try to do as as we work through this assignment is also just to talk about Wikipedia as a website and as a space, and for me to just give them a little bit more of the background of how it works. So that includes giving them some sense of the demographics of editors we know that overwhelmingly Male, they're overwhelmingly white. And this tells us a lot about why Wikipedia entries are as they are. And then I also tell them, you know, about how Wikipedia has, has tried to work on this, what's it trying to do, and how does it try to deal with things like the the very infamous um editor wars, right? Where, where people are, are bashing That's back right. and forth with each other. And so we talk about all of those kinds of aspects of what Wikipedia does, how it tries to look into that, how it works on trust and safety, because all of that helps them understand, well why is it that we're finding all of these pages about amazing women have never been written? <laughs> why has you know this uh, organization not received any coverage, even though there's actually loads that we can put in there? Ah, it's because it's based in Africa. Now we see the sort of writer community of, of Wikipedia isn't necessarily going to be so focused on that. And so I think that really helps them to understand in a, in a very visceral way, how the production of knowledge functions because they're actually experiencing it. So I'm telling them these broad things, but then they're experiencing it on this micro level with their own page. And I think they find that much more powerful than if I just gave them a five minute lecture about this, because they're really seeing it on the ground as they trawl through Wikipedia to try and find entries they see what I tell them on this major level being replicated in the the minor singular example.
0: Absolutely. Uh, It's just an unbelievable design that you have for this course and this assignment within the course. It really truly does not only create a phenomenal learning experience in writing about a less understood topic or a topic that has been neglected, but also the group work talking about all these different issues of why some type of information is highly represented and why other isn't, how to organize your work, how to manage your time, how to write for the public, and how to go through that process. And also how to take a project that seems somewhat unreachable and make it a possibility and make it something that is a great experience. So it's just an absolute, a wealth of learning, phenomenal experience. And I really appreciate you sharing that on the podcast and discussing it. Thank you so much, Heidi.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I mean, it's really, it's a joy to do every single year. So it's a real treat to, to get to talk about it and trumpet some of the the students' work because ultimately um, their enthusiasm is, is the thing that really makes this function. It's just my job to figure out how to unleash that because I see every year that it's, it's there and their creativity is there. And it's so exciting to see them really get into an assignment in a way that they did not with the previous assignments that I used before Wikipedia. So it's, it's a really good lesson for me every single year and the, the incredible creativity, knowledge and enthusiasm and skills that my students already bring to the table. It's just up to me to, to guide them a little bit and help them unleash it.
0: And I love the fact that you said you enjoy marking it a lot more. This is something that is not only making your job more interesting, you learn a lot, but absolutely, it's an incredibly rich learning experience for your students. And I hope others will be inspired and try something similar in their own classroom. So thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me.